I want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. One thing I purposefully and intentionally do is stay away from all things that can poison my mind. So I defriend people actively, not because I don't think they're friends, not because I don't like them, just because I don't need my mind exposed to some of the things that they're focused on. I don't watch most TV. I don't watch the news. There's just no time in my mind to waste poisoning it. So anytime I'm around a poisonous activity, I leave. Hey, welcome to another great episode of the Gym Owners Grow Zone podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their business. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you join us today. On today's episode, we interview Dan Wemura about the modernization of software tools for fitness locations. Dan will share his insights on how to revolutionize gym operations and drive business growth through advanced technology. Dan is a former tech engineer who made a life-changing decision in 2010 to venture into the fitness industry by opening a CrossFit box. He recognized the need for modernizing software tools in the fitness space, and he combined his technical expertise firsthand the experience that he had as a gym owner, and he created PushPress, a cutting-edge operating system for gym owners. If this is your first time listening to our show, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share this episode with someone whom you think will enjoy it. And as we dive into this episode, listen how Dan started his business career and where it leads him. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. It's so great to have you. Finally, I know we've had our schedules. You've been in and out of the country and you're finally here. So tell us a little bit about who Dan is and how, how you came to be here where you are in your enterprise, in you know your gym journey and your, your business that you have now. Yeah, totally. I think I fit into the bucket of about half of fitness professionals out there. I had a professional career outside of fitness before I fell into fitness. I was actually a programmer for internet startups here in Los Angeles for about 12 to 15 years. Yeah. My last job, I was actually at MySpace and shocking, they laid me off <laughs> along with a whole bunch of other people. And around that time, I had just found CrossFit and I was kind of dabbling with the idea of maybe opening a CrossFit gym. I was pretty excited about it at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I just took that, that severance and the layoff as like kind of the sign that I should do it. So I kind of jumped into gym ownership at that point. Did you have like a severance pay or something? Did you, how did you like? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got, I think I got like two months severance and I was like, hey, perfect. Like that's enough to like pad me. I can cut down my life expenses and I'm going to, I'm going to dive in and open this gym. So we did that and I had, I had already kind of been in the motion of doing it. So it wasn't like cold start. I had, had already gotten a lot of ducks in a row and then that was like, okay, perfect. This is the time. So opened my gym, 
got in there. And since I'm a lifelong tech guy, I started looking at all the software I wanted to use to run the gym. And I just was woefully dismayed by what was out there at the time. This was like 2009, 2010. And I just decided, hell, I'm going to just build it myself because I know I can. So that was kind of the, the genesis of like me as a fitness professional, how, you know, why I came to open a gym and then eventually ended up starting Push Press. Right. Tell us a little bit about that Push Press because I really want to make sure that, that we understand, you know, Dan runs a software business that helps gyms and mostly, I guess, the CrossFit community affiliate gyms. Am I right? Uh, I mean, we grew up in and out of CrossFit because that's the type of gym that I opened and that's you know, a lot of the gym owner friends that I made in the space and the community were from the CrossFit space. But no, we, we were built from day one to work for any type of gym. And I, I can go into it later if you care. But like we built on this premise of, of an app store platform because we knew different gym types would have different needs. And that was kind of um, when I tried to use some of the competition at the time, I got confused because there was just so much stuff to go through, right? That didn't apply to me. And no, no, I definitely want, you know, uh, please, hopefully you have something, something in store where you'll be able to, uh, to share with the audience. They can learn more about it. But yeah, definitely. So that's a great intro. Thanks, Dan. I mean, I think it's so important to understand the, the, where you come from and, and where you're at right now. So the audience can really like say, okay, yeah, this is, this is my guy. <laughs> I've been there. I've been laid off. I started my CrossFit gym and, and this is where we're at. So then when you started your CrossFit gym, to opening the software push press, how long, 2010, how long were you working the, the CrossFit gym for? <laughs> so this could be, this, this could be a whole nother story, but I was at the first gym for about a year before I uh, got myself kicked out of there. Okay. So again, that, that could be a whole nother story. <laughs> it's a pretty good one actually. <laughs> but I used that as kind of the catalyst to open my second gym. I think I got kicked out like towards the end of 2011, opened my second gym around the 20, April of 2013. In that gap between there, I actually was coding feverishly to actually build Push Press as we know it today. So the first version of all the software that I built for the first gym, it was some hard-coded hacky shit that was on top of WordPress. But when I started the second gym, I actually realized there was a big enough market and demand for this that we rebuilt it to be correct that it can work for other gyms. The first go is never the the end. <laughs> yeah. That's yep, true. Yep, yep. So true. I think in, in any business that you're starting, you know, just doesn't matter where you start. Hey, you got to, you know, 20,000 monthly recurring revenue. What the strategies you, that got you there is not going to get you to, you know, 100,000. So true. So that's, that yeah. makes a lot of sense with the business model. So I love that iterations and, and improvements, constant progress. Kaizen is one of the, the principles that, that we love here in the show. And so Japanese, constant improvement. So in improving your business and everything, we know that life is a roller coaster ride. And so it goes up and down, left and right. If we don't have guardrails, if you don't have a track that we're going on, we're going to end up off track, off the rails and not achieving our goals. Dan, what are some of the things that you use that helped you reach your goals in your business, in your life? Oh man, so many. I mean, what you're saying is absolutely the truth. I mean, that's, that's the difference between a highly efficient business and a very inefficient business is how many, how many frameworks and guardrails you put in place. And I, and I think all of those guardrails are applicable at certain times, right? So when you're f- starting your gym, you definitely can fly loose because there's not a lot of people you can hurt or, you know, uh, there's not a lot of things that can go wrong in the very beginning. 
But as you begin to pick up members and you start to pick up coaches and your, you know, your revenue is increasing and your responsibilities increase, then the guardrails have to get put in place. And I think that's where people go wrong is just because kind of what you said, what got me here won't get me there, but most people don't realize that. They think they got here because of what they're doing. And usually if you inspect what you're doing, you got here in spite of what you're doing, right? So I think that's an insightful way to look at your business is like, am I getting here because of what I'm doing or in spite of what I'm doing? And where are the areas of the in spite happening? Because I guarantee every business has that. And that's where you need to start putting your frameworks in place. You know, like my gym is growing in spite of me not doing any marketing and not talking to my customers and in spite of me, you know, showing up five minutes late for class every, every third day. Right. So those are where I need to tighten up, you know? Gotcha. So if you could share with us one or maybe two, I mean, maybe like a practice, I hate to say habits, right? It's such a key word, yeah. right? The, the habits that, that we do, but we had a, a guest on our show. He had a habit tracker, right? So what would be like one or, or two habits that you say, wow, this one, without this one, I would not be able to get to where I am at or forget about that, like that ultimate goal. I would not be able to get past a certain part of my life, right? That turn, if I didn't have that guardrail, during that turn in my business, in my life, what's like one habit that would be a track, a guardrail for you? I wouldn't call it a habit so much as a practice that I'm working on. And I think most entrepreneurs can relate with this. And that's in putting trust in the people around you. And to be honest, like in the beginning of most people's entrepreneurial journeys, they don't even want to partner because they just, there's too much trust or too much lack of trust to be shared. So as we've grown push press now to 3000 gyms, we've grown the team. And one of the fastest things I can do to destroy everything that we're doing here and you know, ultimately negatively impact our customers is to not put trust in the team that I built around me. And if you think about it, it's absolutely insane. Like, why would I build a team around, around me if I'm going to go in and do all the work that they need to do, or I'm going to question what they're doing or meddle in what's happening? So it is the most bizarre thing that I'm experiencing lately is the, the actual, the better the team you build, the less things you have to do. And you find yourself like, so Dan Martell that we both know has this saying that entrepreneurs are addicted to chaos. So it's like, if I find myself with free time, I'm like, oh, let me go poke my head in the sales meeting or let me just go jut into the, what the product team's doing. And that's always the worst thing to do. So don't do that. <laughs> Dude, that's a great advice right there. Don't poke your head in the meetings that you trusted your team to take. And you're calling me out right here, my friend. I'm doing that. I'm put as optional in these meetings that we have and I poke my head in there. And sometimes, you know, and I think in the beginning, it's like, cool, it's like, make sure you're good. Okay, great. Now let them go, but trust the team. And, and I think there's always this level of trust. Trust is this one thing that could always be improved and increased. So if you have a certain level of trust, if you have no trust, that's your level of trust, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there's always an improvement mm -hmm. level that you can always improve and, and get better at as we were talking. So that is, that's great. I think that's a great guardrail. Not a habit, but it is definitely the tracks that can help us grow beyond what, well, hopefully if you're going beyond what your vision is, then obviously you really put a lot of trust in your whole team. Your business is doing better than you even thought. That's amazing. But I, I have the speculation that most people are dreaming really big. And so I hope that's what that audience does. So thank you for that, Dan. So obviously you've seen challenges in your business life. And there's obstacles. We like the book, Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. What were some obstacles that you were able to overcome in your business that you look at it now as like, boom, that was great. 
you know, I'm glad I had that obstacle <laughs> or that challenge that we got to go through, right? Opportunity to go. This is going to be kind of a non-answer and I'll explain why. Business is nothing but a series of problems. That's all a business is. And if you're actually executing correctly in business, you are creating more problems every day. Let me give you an example. Like you don't have enough leads. So you figure out how to run a good marketing campaign. You get you know, your social media dialed in at your gym, whatever. Now you're getting three leads a day. Now you're breaking your sales or maybe you're the salesperson and you're breaking yourself because you're spending six hours a day doing sales and now you can't manage your coaches and you hire someone to do the sales and then the salesperson's fulfilling the sales, but now you're onboarding 12 people a month into the gym and your coaches are breaking because they can't handle all the new members that are coming. You see what I'm saying? Like, and then it'll go all the way back full circle where your, your coaches are comfortable, you're onboarding 30 new members a month, the gym's flowing, and then the top of the funnel will break again because now you need, yeah, you opened a second gym, right? Uh -huh. So if you're actually executing, you just got to get, my, what I had to tell myself and my team was just buckle up, buttercup, and get ready for the ride because there's going to be nothing but problems if we're doing our jobs. And if you don't want nothing but problems, and this probably isn't even true, I tell them, let's just go open a parking lot in Kansas or something, right? Yeah. And I'm sure even there, there's going to be problems because every business has problems, but you know, that's just the inherent nature of going into business. So in terms of your question directly, all of them. Like I actually live for the problems. We, we live for the solution and the solution doesn't exist without the problem. True. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like the opportunity for conflict helps develop our character, you know, and we become the person that we are becoming. I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, we want to become something, right? And so it's like, we're not this being. It's very obstacle is the way. Right, right. Is what you're we're saying. Like, we're not a human. <laughs> it's funny. We're not a human being. We're a human becoming. We're constantly, and, and honestly, not everybody is, you know, there's people out there lazy and they're just, they're stuck in, in, in the rut and, and that get it, but they shouldn't be like that forever. And, and I think the fitness industry exists to help those people out of their rut and get moving and become <laughs> the person they're you are truly designed for. Because we, we live a life of sitting down and, you know, most people do. I, I know I do. And I need the gym. If I don't have some kind of activity, I'm forget it. It's going to take a couple of, of weeks. And anyways, I'm going down a rabbit hole. But yeah, dude, this is, yeah, the obstacle. And let me actually double click on something you just said, because it's, I think it's actually very important for business people to, to hear. The conflict is good in business. And most people have structured their lives and therefore usually their businesses to, to stay away from conflict. And if we just look at the going to the gym, that's basically conflict. You're putting your body in conflict. You're putting body in stress to get a result. And the same thing can be said for business. Like if you structured your whole business so that you got a bunch of yes people around you, no one's arguing with you, no one's challenging you on the decisions you're making, and there's no conflict because somebody else cares just as much about your clients as you do, and they disagree with what you're thinking, there is no growth in what happens, right? So understanding how to have um, meaningful conflict that can be resolved in a positive way is, I think, the differentiator skill and what makes a great business from a non not a great business. Yeah, that's it. Like value bomb right there. And when you're talking, I'm thinking about, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to triple click on that because <laughs> I just, this is great because I just brought in my wife to help in our business. And man, she is not holding back not pulling punches. She sees gaps. She sees opportunity. And she's like there, like presenting right there. Like, what's going on with this? I'm like, yeah, I know. I've been meaning to do that. 
It's like, all right, so let's do it. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> let's, I think God is telling you something. Maybe you, you need to work on that for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's, she's helping us out with that. So it's, it's, it's really good, man. I mean, bringing in people, your team, if every, that's great. If everyone says yes, that's not great. <laughs> bringing in people that will not, con- well, yeah, confront you can bring up accountability. Like, hey, you're saying this, but this is not what I'm seeing. Like, what's up? And so that's so huge. The, the framework for like a, a positive conflict outcome, it's rooted in trust. So you genuinely have to trust each other. And it has to be centered on the fact that we both have the same objective in mind. And so in a gym, it's like, hey, we both want to affect the lives of more people and greater, you know, affect the lives of the people in our gym in a better way. That's what we both want, right? So you think we should do it this way. I think we should do it that way. But we both want the same thing. So let's figure it out. And I might be totally wrong or you might be totally wrong, but the end result is good for the customers and that's what we're going for. Usually once you frame a whole kind of conflict argument in that lens, it works. Dude, and going back to like, hey, we both want the same thing, but we see it in different mm-hmm. ways and it's okay. That's okay. I want to hear you and hopefully you want to hear me and we can kind of settle on, on what makes sense to move forward. What's the f- directional... Just framing things that way is actually what builds trust, yeah. right? Like one thing is, I told you I was at GymCon and one thing that Alex Hermosi said at GymCon was directional decision-making, meaning that you're not going to make the perfect choice every time, but as long as it's in the direction towards the ultimate goal, you're going to be able to accomplish and get there. Forget about- I'll actually, I'll take that one step further. Even though, even a decision in the wrong direction is better than no decision. Now, obviously, your business won't sustain if you make you know a whole bunch of the wrong decisions in a row. But it is literally always better to make the wrong decision and move on than make no decision and sit on your hands and ponder it. So, part of being a good business leader and a good business person is getting honing your skills so you can make quick decisions that are generally right more often than not. is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. Guys, Dan's bringing the heat today. I love it. I love it. We are definitely so happy. This is uh, some good, deep conversation that I think everybody needs to hear and just assess and what's, we're bringing it up to your, you know, peer view so you can see, hey, am I fitting in that? Where am I in this spectrum? So I love this, dude. This is so good. Now, the fitness industry that we know and we're in, what do you see are the biggest issues, challenges that's going on that needs to be addressed. Like needs, if we're talking to that, listen, if we are the decision makers or we are the ones that are setting the rules and the guidelines and said, hey, this has to stop. What do you think needs to stop and what do we need to get better, to grow stronger? 
Here's a, a general split that I'm seeing that is, I feel is very detrimental to our whole industry. And it's the split between, I won't say all of us, but most of us got into this business because we like helping people. And we genuinely get a lot of satisfaction with our clients finding success, people getting off medications, whatever it might be, right? That's generally why most of us got into fitness. The problem is most of us became martyrs for fitness. I straight up remember when I was owning my gym telling people, you know, like I get paid in PRs. I get paid in personal bests, right? Like you guys achieving what you want is why I'm here. And the reality is that's not true. Like we've got to make money. And until I change my mindset away from, I'm only worried about PRs to, I got to build a business, did that change? But the problem is I'm seeing now we ships, we swung too far and all people care about in general, or at least what I'm seeing in the industry, and it could be driven by, you know, a lot of the people who are speaking from the top is just money. It's just revenue. It's how to drive a ton of revenue through your gym. And the problem with that is once you, you can only pick one in terms of like, what is your North star? What is the most important thing to you? And the way we as humans work is whatever your North star is, we do everything we can to achieve that North star. So if you pick revenue as your North star, you're going to do everything you can to achieve revenue. And you, it's very clear where that starts to diverge away from customer value, right? Yeah. Because the customer doesn't care how much money you make. If you choose customer value as your North Star. Um, programs, right? The product. Yeah. What you're doing in the gym, the product, how much value you can bring them. But make sure on the back end of that, the revenue is attached to that because revenue has to be attached to value, right? Then you can use the customer value as a North Star, but see the revenue as an output. And I guess if I can say that very succinctly, the problem I'm seeing in the industry is people see revenue as the driver, Right where your customer value has to be the driver and the revenue should be the outcome of providing value, Perfect. right? That's all a business is. A, a business is an economic opportunity to derive monetary or you know some type of value out of providing value to the society, right? Or to your community. Right. That's all a business is. Beautifully done. Love it. That's so true. I think that the focus is so important on giving customers being the, the North Star and that's the indicator should be your revenue goes up. If it's not, then that means you're not giving the value, right? That's what you're saying. And I, yeah. I, I just love that. That's so true. The numbers yep. do not lie. <laughs> it's, it's such a shift in mindset, right. but the, the impact is, is profound where you are measuring the value that you're bringing your customers in terms of the revenue that your gym's getting, the churn rates your gym's doing, the number of leads you're getting or referrals you're getting. Those are all outcomes based on your value. Instead of just saying like, oh, I'm going to try and increase my revenue or I'm going to try and increase my referrals, but how, why? Like, you know, are you just going to squeeze people, more money out of people for no reason or are you going to provide them more value to, to generate more revenue? There's just a small mindset shift that actually means everything. Awesome. The reason this is so important for most of, of the smaller gyms, this podcast serves boutique gyms as, as well. Our clients are boutique gyms. We're competing in an industry that is revenue focused. 24-Hour Fitness, Equinox, all of the Barry's Bootcamp, like all, I mean, Barry's Bootcamp and them do deliver great experience, but the people that own them are revenue focused, right? So what is so important for us to go the other way because most people's experience with fitness doesn't start with us. It starts with Anytime Fitness or something bigger. And when you go into that gym and you ex your whole experience is very clear, I'm being sold something, they don't care about me, they just want me to make money, they don't care if I come, they don't know me, right? 
when they come into our gyms, that's what they're expecting. So if we give them that, they've already got their walls up, right? right? We have to give them the opposite and show them that, hey, man, like we're not like them. We're here for you. And I know, I honestly know everyone listening to this podcast relates with that. But if their mindset and their focus is on the other side of the equation, they're, they're more aligned with any time than they are than what they really want to do. Yeah. If that makes Interesting sense. Interesting. You say anytime. They just became a, a big customer of ours. That count is growing. Oh, no. It's okay. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. And I think you're just thinking about the big box gym. It's just the name that popped yeah, up. It's I'm, one of the biggest franchise in the how US. How their brand is. Right. Yes. I mean, if I was to pick on any gym, <laughs> sorry, but Planet Fitness, right? Planet Fitness is, I, when I look at them, they're very revenue focused. And ten dollars a month, and they're really—they—it's they, they, it's just wild. They picked the ten dollar price point because they know it's too low for you to ever quit and go through the hoops. It's so cheap for you to join, right? It's like there is no value. No value. I mean, you're not serious about, about fitness. You yeah. really just want a place to be able to say you go and or maybe go once a month in a blue moon, whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. You're just checking some psychological box with that. Boom. Right? That's it. I didn't never thought about that. You're right. It's a psychological box. So, dude, I, I think that could be a marketing ploy right there. If you're tired of checking the the psychological box, come there to a go. place where we're really gonna take care of your whole body, <laughs> mind, body, and soul. I don't know. Right there you go. There you go right here. Andre, <laughs> Andre just dropped your next marketing campaign for those of you guys listening. <laughs> I love it. All right, so. In your story of life, there's been key characters, kind of like in Star Wars, Yoda, very influential for Luke. You are Luke in this story. Who has been your Yoda? Who has been the influential person in your life that has really like spoken truth and brought it out? I mean, I've been blessed to have many people in my sphere be that type of role for me. But to be honest, I have never had a Yoda per se, at least not the one that I could, hopefully I'm not offending someone right now, but I, I've never had someone that I've was able to spend so much time and ask direct questions to, but I, I mean, I, the way I see it is I am constantly seeking to level up. So I'm getting it, I'm taking it from everyone and everything I can. So we mentioned Dan Martell earlier, every time I'm around him, I'm tuned in. Like I am listening and absorbing and jotting things down because Every five minutes or something that comes out of his mouth, that changes my life if I just pay attention, right? Some of the venture capital partners that we've been blessed to work with, same thing. The only reason we chose to work with them is because they're so focused on customers, which is very rare in the, in the money, in the investor space, that every time they come to me asking like questions, hey, what do your best customers look like? How can you make them better? Da, 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 da. Like just the insightful approach that they take keeps me in tune and and I absorb for, you know, how, how can I grow to be a bigger customer obsessed entrepreneur? And honestly, like every single entrepreneur I'm around, it's always a give take, like energy in this world and knowledge is a give take. I learn stuff from you. You learn stuff from me. We grow together just by sharing time, space, and, and you know, words. And I, I'm in tune with that every moment of the day, right? So I'll walk into a grocery store and pay attention to something that they're doing business-wise and then put that in my brain as like, okay, like this thing has been thought through over here. How can I apply that over there type of thing? Yeah. I mean, listen, we're all getting influence in many different ways, even whether we know it or don't know it. And Dan just mentioned like, I'm around people that I know are going to lift me up and I am being influenced by them. And ultimately they're going to get me to where I want to. And hopefully I'm going to get 
them to where they want to in life as well, right? Sig Ziglar talks yeah. about, you know, let me, help others. Let me actually give you a flip side answer to that. One thing I purposefully and intentionally do is stay away from all things that can poison my mind. So I defriend people actively, not because I don't think they're friends, not because I don't like them, just because I don't need my mind exposed to some of the things that they're focused on. I don't watch most TV. I don't watch the news. I, you know, if someone starts talking about other people, I leave the conversation. There's just no time in my mind to waste poisoning it. So anytime I'm around a poisonous activity, I leave one way or the other. Perfect. So. Dude, I think that's super important. Like sometimes it's like what you're saying no to is sometimes more important than what you're saying yes to and, and vice versa. It's, it's valuable in many ways. I love it. To be honest, in business, what you say no to is like a thousand times more or a thousand percent. You should be saying no nine times out of 10, right? Or leaving things on the table nine times out of sure. 10. So. I know, I know that uh, we have uh, Dan and Dan talks about no business struggles with starvation. It's just indigestion, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's really a, a key. Yep. For those of you guys who didn't get that, uh, that analogy, like your business is not starving because you've walked away from too many things. You're starving. It's your business is struggling because you've eaten too many things, right? You didn't say no to enough things. So you, that's kind of the analogy. I like it. Thank you for digesting yeah. that for us and, and putting it back out there. This is good. <laughs> All right. So now we're getting to the fast five. So we kind of answered this one already, but I think about an influential person or people in your business journey. Just name one. Uh, I'd say, it's, well, I'm going to name two. My two business partners, right? Who have been along with me for 10 years. Yeah. Awesome. Makes sense. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your business? It was going to be really, really, really hard. Really hard. <laughs> that Not the question's hard, that business will be hard. <laughs> Specifically and especially building a software business as big as PushPress had to get, yeah. it would be monumentally harder than I, like a million times harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Makes sense. What's a book, a blog, a podcast, some kind of media that you've consumed recently that impacted you positively? So this, this book, I always tell everyone when they ask me this question, this is my one go-to book that I think can impact everybody, including someone who doesn't care about business. And it's called How to Get Rich Without Being Lucky by Naval Ravikant. It is shifted in the lens of being an entrepreneur and specifically a tech entrepreneur. But I think the, all of the concepts apply to every single human being on this planet. I love it. He's basically giving away his framework of how to, how to almost guaranteedly become rich. And it's, it's none of the hacky stuff uh, you think it might stuff. be. Good, good. Thank you for that. We'll add it to the show notes. This is a question that I'm working on, but what do you think about online presence? Obviously we have softwares. What is your take on, you know, we talked about, well, we didn't talk about that, but you know, customer happiness or, or online presence, the, the reputation and stuff out there. I usually ask, what's your favorite online tool? I'm kind of switching around like, hey, what do you think about online presence in your world? In terms of online reputation management? Maybe, I mean, it, it's, it's more of, of like how would people present themselves? We see people on social media, how they right. look and, and act. And so I can ask the question again, but it's, I'm kind of messing around with this question. Yeah. And it's supposed to be fast. I'll give so you I don't two know. parter to this that will hopefully be fast. One, in terms of personal online presence, I think, I think it's a load of shit. I personally don't engage. I don't really like it. It's, you know, fake. In terms of business online presence, massively important. It's one of the most important things I think your business can do because as human beings, we've all been conditioned to find businesses that we work with online. So 
your online reputation, your reviews, how you know how you put yourself out there is probably one of the most important things you can do. Gotcha. Yeah, that's been my my take, and obviously, you know, it's super important because it's something that people look at anyways. Even if they get referred, it's like, oh, let me check it out your online presence. Yep. What people, other people, are saying, you know, that includes your brand and your website sure. and just everything, everything, right? Like all of that is all that. part of it. Yeah. yeah. If it's sloppy and it doesn't make sense, I'm like, okay, my friend told me about them, but I don't like their presence. What it looks like online. Yeah. The yep. pictures don't really do a great job. It's like, uh, all right, maybe next. Because there's so many choices, right? Even if like you go buy a house, right? You're, look, you're looking for a house. You're looking for a car. You're going to shop online. It's just evident. It's part of what we do. Part of what we do. Yeah. It's just it. This is the last five. So the last one is, what's one habit or practice you do that you believe everybody would benefit from? Time blocking. Yeah, I think I, I try and lay out a pretty tight schedule for myself. I'm a procrastinator and I, left to my own devices, I... I don't do good for my own time. So I work pretty tight on my time block and how I, like what I do at what time on what day. That's good. Yeah. And, and you know, evident today, I kind of switched it up my time block and it kind of like messed around with me. Like if it wasn't for this episode today, I'd probably be like, probably would still be at home. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I got, I blocked the time to be on the podcast. I'm going to come into the studio, yep. record, and we're going to go. And uh, it's so powerful. And anytime you go off of that, it's like a little rails that we talked about, but it's so good. Yeah, time blocking, yeah, that's yeah. a great tool. So we're done with the fast five. The last question I have, and then we'll want to talk about a little bit about push press and, and what you guys to offer. Uh, the last question is, one of my favorites is, Dan, if you could go back in time and speak to 12-year-old Dan, what would you tell him? What's a piece of advice that you would say to him? Oh, wow. 12-year-old. This is actually deep in a way. At 12 year old, I had a, I was part of the popular crew and I literally that year had some weird falling out where I became like, you know, kids are like the worst, like, I don't know how to explain it, like an outcast. And it was really hurtful for me at the time, really hurtful. Like uh, I went from, you know, being one of the popular kids to like hanging out with the immigrants who had no, no friends, right? Like literally like that far cast down the, the the societal chain. I would tell myself, the yo, this is the best thing that's ever going to happen for you and just ride it out because I went from caring more about my social status to once I, I literally became friends with the, the like my best friend's a Chinese immigrant at the time and all they cared about were grades. So I went from not caring about anything about school to, because I'm very competitive so amongst that new friend group, I was the worst in school because I didn't care and I had to climb my way out of that and I became a pretty good student. And because of that, I was able to go to college. Like it became the snowball for the rest of my life that I'm pretty sure if I wouldn't have gone down that path, yeah, I don't think I would be anywhere near the position I am today. So it was the roughest part of my life, but I would go back and say, yo kid, just ride this out because this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That's like a challenge right there that turned into the way, like go this path. This is the path that you're meant to go yeah. on and keep pushing through. I yeah. love that. I remember during that time, during that time, I used to just sit in at recess and cry to myself. Like it was just such, or I would get in fights. I would either go out and get in fights or I would stay in, stay in and just be pissed off and cry. Like it was bad. So, yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Dan. Dan, tell us a little bit about Push Press. This is your opportunity just to let us know what you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm admittedly not huge on social media for the reason I just explained. Like, I'm not big about talking about myself or being out there on myself. 
I do talk about our clients as much as I can, and I am pushing like better gym owner ideas out there. So you can find me on, I don't even know, Instagram. I think my handle is Danielson. Twitter, it's Hook Gripper, I believe. Well, we have some of that stuff, so we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Okay. I don't even know. Yeah. It doesn't it matters so little to me. But yeah, so I mean, we'll, let's talk about Push Press. Yeah. So Push Press, again, is a gym management platform that we've built from the ground up being gym owners. Over half my team at, either actively or previously have owned gyms too. Wow. It's pretty embedded in our culture. We like to stay very close to our clients. At Push Press, we, from the day one, we've mandated that customer service is part of the product. So we view customer service as part of the product. So if you've ever gone on a on some online system and ask for support and then don't hear back for four days, like that won't happen at Push Press for sure. And if so, either something's on fire or someone's in trouble, one or the other. I mean, I don't want to make this a big pitch for Push Press. Like come check us out. If you own a boutique gym, like we may or may not work really well for you today. We are always pushing in every direction to work amazingly well for every type of boutique gym. And um, if you haven't heard about us yet, you're going to hear about us soon. We're, We're coming up. That's great. And you have a podcast. I know that you, you kind of put a pause on the podcast, but they could find you there as well. Maybe some episodes and whatnot. I need to fire that back up again. But yeah, so- Hopefully this we is the catalyst to help you. You know, I've gone through and bought all, I bought all the new gear. I'm like ready for it. I'm, I'm committed in my mind. I just uh, have to, I think, I think I'm ready. Like I've gotten a lot of business stuff behind me and I'm ready to do that. So yeah, maybe, maybe this summer we'll kick that off again. It's called the Gym OS Podcast yeah. by Push Press. Yeah. That's good. Love it. Dan, thanks once again, man. I really appreciate you jumping on this show and gym owners will appreciate it as well. So I want to thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a great time. Man, that was such a great episode with Dan Waimura, a true innovator in the fitness industry. His journey from gym owner to successful tech innovator as a creator of Pushrush is genuinely inspiring. I really want to know what was your favorite takeaway from the episode. Connect with me on Instagram at meetesco and share me your thoughts. Also, be sure to grab your no-cost custom QR card at reviewbiz.io forward slash QR code. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening on. And remember, leave us a rating and review. We could really use, improve, and the feedback that you have means so much to us. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You're going to get the same content plus more. As always, thank you so much for your encouragement for just listening. It means the world to us. I truly appreciate it helping us improve with your comments. And I'll be seeing you next time in the Growth Zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.